Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Now you might have seen on Instagram a little bit earlier today, I proposed a question to you guys and we're talking about the last three teams to win back-to-back premierships. The 92-93 to Brisbane Broncos, the 2018-2019 to Sydney Roosters and of course, most recently, the 21-22 to Penrith Panthers. Three of the greatest sides of all time. The last three to go back-to-back. The team before that was of course the Parramatta Eels that went three on the trot. So they put themselves into a completely different category and class. It is only one more premiership, but uh, you've seen the amount of teams that have tried to go back-to-back, see how hard that is, the, the amount of teams that have gone three in a row. Uh, pretty unheard of in the modern era. Crazy. I think it's been 35 or something odd years. I mean, you could probably ask a Parramatta Eels fan. They'd probably know the exact dates for you. Very, very hard to do. So they put themselves in another category. So my question to you guys was rank these three uh, sides, in fr- these three back-to-back sides, one to three. So so the best two, I guess you could call it the worst, or the third best, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you guys have sent in a vast array of answers. I don't know what the correct one is. It's obviously harder when you look back at what all these Broncos players, like you look at the collective of their side and you know on you know what they went on to achieve throughout the rest of their career. So that sort of puts a bit of an asterisk on it because you obviously don't know what these Penrith Panthers might do over the next few years. For example, if the Panthers go on to win five in a row, which is near fucking impossible, don't get me wrong, but if they do manage to do that, all of a sudden they put themselves into a brand new class. You never know what teams are going to be capable of doing. The Roosters team, 18 and 19, it was about five years or so ago. So we sort of know how most of those careers have played 
played out, but a lot of them are still going. Obviously, your Luke Cleary's, your Victor Radley's, Rhea Hargraves, all these sort of guys. A few young guys are in that side as well that you're still watching their career unfold. So for the Panthers, the Roosters, it's a little bit hard to judge, which makes it kind of hard to not put the Broncos in first place. And because the Panthers have only done it for two years now, because so many of their players are so young, it's also hard to put them in front of the Roosters who had your Cooper Cronk, your Jake Friends, um, you know, your Luke Hughes, all these like established stars that have done it at rep level, club level, you name it, for a very long time. So I know it's a very, very hard question. I'm always keen to have a look at what you guys think and where you put guys. But I had someone that reached out to me and I thought it was a cracker after I put it out. So I thought I'd get straight into it. And he said, sorry, I don't have your name, brother. I'll have to have a look for it. I think it was Jacob. He reached out to me and said, mate, I love the idea of ranking these one to three and get everyone's thoughts, but I want you to make the best 17 you can out of those six sides. So obviously 92, 93 Broncos, 18, 19 Roosters, 21 and 22 Panthers. Now, of course, when we look at the 21, 22 Panthers, we don't know, for example, Nathan Cleary, we don't know what he's going to achieve for the rest of his career. So we're comparing him to Alan Langer and Cooper Cronk, some of the greatest sevens of all time that have finished their careers. We know what they achieved. We've got it in black and white. Whereas Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo, these sort of guys, we're sort of assuming and predicting what they're going to do. So it was a really tough task, but I think I've done it pretty fairly, and I'll go through it now for you. So at fullback... We had three options. James Tedesco from the 18-19 Roosters, Dylan Edwards from the 21-22 Panthers, and then, of course, the great, the wild, Julian O'Neill from the Brisbane Broncos, 92-93. To be honest with you, I thought this one was one of the easier picks. I thought James Tedesco sort of slotted himself in here pretty easily. Dylan Edwards, obviously a champion player, a Clive Churchill medalist, which is something that Teddy hasn't done yet. But for me, uh, James Tedesco, I just think the sort of player he is and the way that he's starting to chase down Billy Slater I don't know if he will chase down Billy Slater, but he is starting to get him. So for me, uh, I think James Tedesco, he's the obvious pick there. You can then argue out of Julian O'Neill and Dylan Edwards where they're going to end up. We know how O'Neill's career ended up and whatnot. Uh, Dylan Edwards, though, still lots to play out. But James Tedesco, he would be my fullback in this combined back-to-back team. Wingers, good God, how tough was this? So here are the wingers to choose from. You've got Michael Hancock, Willie Kahn, Blake Ferguson. Um, you've got Brett Morris, Brian Toto. Daniel Tupu, all these sort of guys. Very, very hard to pick. For me, I left Willie Kahn and Michael Hancock out. I went with some of the more modern guys, but you can put up a very fair argument for those guys. I think they're a little bit underrated as far as wingers, especially Broncos wingers, because all of a sudden, 10 years later, Wendell Saylor and Lottie Takiri burst onto the scene. I think we forget how good Willie Kahn and Michael Hancock were, and maybe I'm guilty of that, and I'm happy to cop that. If you want to argue that, that's fair enough. But I've gone for some of the more modern guys. Blake Ferguson, he had an incredible career. Career in 20, uh, season in 2018, ran for almost 200 metres, which was unheard of at the time until Brian Toto came along, of course. Uh, Brian Toto, he just missed my cut, though. For me, Brett Morris, I think he's one of the greatest wingers of all time, the most consistent winger of all time. So Brett Morris, he picks himself in there. And the other one I went for was Daniel Tupu. For me, it was between Tupu and Brian Toto. I just think we've seen a little bit more of Daniel Tupu's career. He's a three-time premiership winner. He's played for the Kangaroos. He's played for New South Wales. Done really well on all those levels. Brian Toto, he's only four years into his career and despite winning back-to-back premierships and setting new standards and everything um, I, I think eventually I will have Toto in front of Daniel Tupu but based on where they both are in their careers as it stands right now at this very moment I've gone with Daniel Tupu over Brian Toto so so far 
My entire back three is the 18 and 19 Roosters. Teddy, Tupu, and Brett Morris. Very, very interesting. Let's dive into our centers, and we have our very first Bronco that appears, and I think he is the first one that had to be picked here. The great Steve Renolf. What a champion player he was. Scored an unbelievable try. I always get confused whether it's 92 or 93. Of course, they played the Dragons in both of those premierships at the SFS, so they both look very similar. Uh, I always forget which game it was. I think it was 93, but I tend to get it wrong every single time, uh, where he scored that unbelievable try, the king of beating you without the football, the in and away wizard. So Steve Renolf, he picks himself. Now, the next few names, very hard. Uh, names like Matty Burton, Chris Johns, Joey Manu, Stephen Crichton, Latrell Mitchell, all these guys to choose from. For me, it came down to either Latrell Mitchell or Joey Manu. I've gone with Latrell Mitchell. I reckon over the next few years that might change. As a centre, who would you go for? But I think Latrell Mitchell, he was massive in both of those grand finals. Joey Manu was good as well, but Latrell Mitchell, he came up with the big plays, obviously giving it to Will Chambers in 18, then came up with the flick pass in 19 and whatnot. And, you know, he's obviously I think he's the best left center in the world right now. But I'd also argue, I think Joey Manu is the best right center in the world. So really tough one there. I've gone with Latrell Mitchell slightly over Joey Manu. So as it stands right now, Teddy at fullback, Teddy and Morris on the wing, Steve Renolf uh, in the centers with Latrell Mitchell in the other spot. They're both left centers, so one would have to shift over. I think Latrell might take the honors of uh, shifting over there just quietly. Steve Renolf, what a footballer. The halves, fuck me, this was tough. This was brutal trying to separate all these guys, champion players, all of them. Um, it's the one position that they're – well, it's one of the positions there hasn't been any change at all across the two premierships. So when you look at the Broncos, you obviously had uh, Kevin Walters and Alan Langer, two of the greats of all time. The Roosters had Luke Keary and Cooper Cronk. Unreal little combo there. Uh, and then the Panthers, of course, Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai, obviously 24, 25 years old. So pretty tough to compare those guys. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't picked either of the Penrith Panthers at this point in their career. I just couldn't put... I don't think Luai is ever going to be on the same level as Kevin Walters. I don't think he's going to be on the same level as probably Luke Keary either. Potentially, he might be able to catch Keary. Uh, they've obviously won two premierships each, so maybe he can catch Keary, but I don't think Luai's got the ability to be able to get to the level of Kevin Walters, one of the greats. So Kevin Walters, he slots into 5'8". That was a pretty easy pick for me. He was the automatic, the great Kevin Walters. Seven was tough. Devon was brutal. Now, as I said, Nathan Cleary, I've said to you guys a lot, and I get a lot of pushback. People get very emotional and upset. It's a bit fucking weird how it all plays out. But I personally think Cleary could go on to be one of the greatest we've ever seen. I think there is a world where he potentially could jump ahead of these two guys at the end of his career if everything goes to plan. It might not. This might be the last premiership he ever wins. We never know. He might lose form, injuries. Anything can, can happen that can completely fucking derail it. If it all goes to plan for Nathan Cleary, I think he's got the ability to be able to jump in front of an Al Langer and a Cooper Cronk potentially but there's a long way to go ahead of him uh, both these guys absolutely dominated the Origin Arena which clearly hasn't even started doing yet to be fair so there's a long way to go so don't get emotional and lose your fucking minds over that I just think he's got the potential to do it as it stands right now though it's between Cronk and Langer and look I find it so hard to separate these two. Who's the better footballer? Probably Langer. Uh, I think he had the better ability. I think that he really changed the game when he was playing, and he was incredibly dominant during that period. Cooper Cronk, though, uh, he's probably the better winner. I would say, I would argue that Cooper Cronk probably won more, was more successful. He was more of your... Um, 
he, he was more of the X's and O's sort of halfback, whereas Alan Langham more of the natural footballer. And I look at the different body shapes of these two, and I, I ended up making a decision, you know what? One of them's going to be the 7, one of them's going to be the 14. I can't leave these two guys out of this side. One of them has to be in there. Despite Cleary probably being the most suited to, to playing in a 14 jersey, I couldn't leave Langer and Cronk out. So what I've gone for, Alan Langer, he is my starting halfback. Cooper Cronk, he's, he's the other footballer that I think, well, he could come on the field, he could play a bit of 13, he could maybe fill in at 9 if you needed to. So I would go Alan Langer at 7 just because it fits the side better and then Cooper Cronk, he'd be my 14. So that already narrows down one bench spot there. But if you said you want to start Cronk and have Langer on the bench, I could completely understand that. I just think it would work better the other way around. So my, my team at the moment, Teddy, Tupu, Steve Renolf, Latrell Mitchell, Brett Morris, Kevin Walters and Alan Langer and Cooper Cronk sitting on the pine. Let's get into the engine room. I actually found this a little bit easier to pick, to be perfectly honest with you, um, than the other one. So the front rowers, Glenn Lazarus, don't even, don't question it, don't overthink it, pick him straight away. I I knew straight away, I didn't even have to look at the other options, consider it. Glenn Lazarus, I think he's one of the greatest front rowers of all time, if not the greatest front rower of all time. He slots himself straight in, no questions asked. The other front rower was really tough. Uh, I had a look through the Broncos teams and, you know, a lot of really talented players in their front row, but no... Like the other guys aren't absolute all-timers. Your your Gavin Allens, your Andrew G's, these sort of guys, champion players. But then I looked at the other two sides, the Panthers and the Roosters, Jared Rhea Hargraves and, of course, James Fisher-Harris. Now, it was really tough. I actually ended up going for James Fisher-Harris. I just like that little bit extra that he brings. I think he's got a little bit more of a a better rounded game as well. But I'm probably also assuming a a bit of potential there as well. So if you said you put JWH in there, I completely understand. I just think what James Fisher-Harris is doing at the age he is at, is fucking incredible. So I'd go James Fisher-Harris and Glenn Lazarus as my front rowers. Hooker. Hooker was tough. When we have a look, obviously the Broncos had the great Kerrod Walters, a champion player. Uh, probably not the best hooker in his family, I would argue, which is insane because uh, his older brother, or his brother, of course, is Steve Walters, uh, but a champion player. The Roosters, they obviously had Jake Friend and Sam Verrill, so their grand finals. But I went with the more modern-day player. I went with Api Curacao. I'm going to choose him as my hooker. I think he's one of the most underrated players in this competition as it stands right now. That'll probably upset a lot of people. People. Obviously, Kerrod Walters, a champion player. But I do think that also part of this is that the game has changed a lot. The game has changed so much. And the skill set that an Api Curacao has, you know, Kerrod Walters didn't have, but he also didn't need. So this is where it sort of gets a little bit unfair. And I understand that people would be getting upset. Kerrod Walters, he would have played... I'm going to say 200-odd first-grade games. I would say might have pushed 250 around that mark. Played a lot of footy. Obviously represented the Kangaroos, Queensland. Abby Curacao, he's represented New South Wales, obviously. I don't think he's represented the Kangaroos yet. I think he's playing for Fiji, but I think he's good enough to be an Australian hooker. So Abby Curacao, he's going to be my nine. A bit of a controversial one there. Let's get into the back rowers. Really tough. Now, there was three names that stood out for me over the last few years that I think have been incredibly... Or over these three premiership wins, there's one from each side. Three doesn't go into two spots, though. First one, Boyd Cordner. Had to pick him. The Australian captain, one of the best back rowers we have ever seen. The captain of that Roosters side. An incredible player, Boyd Cordner. Tough as nails. A true leader. He brings everything you could possibly want from a back rower. Tough as nails. So, Boyd Cordner, he picks himself. The other spot came down to two players for me. Viliami kick out from the modern side and Trevor Gilmeister, the axe. 
one of the best defenders rugby league has ever seen. I'm a huge Viliami Kikau fan, absolutely love him, but he has still got a lot of his career to play out, whereas Trevor Gilmeister, uh, we know what he achieved, we know what he's about, we know that he is just tough as nails. As I said, one of the best defenders we have ever seen. Over 200 first grade games, 25-odd games for the Queensland Maroons, represented the Kangaroos as well. Probably didn't represent the Kangaroos as, as many times as he should have, but Trevor Gilmeister, he is going to be my pick there in the back row, which means that Kikau... I'm going to leave him and leave him on the bench, which we'll talk about very soon. Jersey 13. 13 was an interesting one. You obviously had for Victor Radley from the Sydney Roosters in their back-to-back premiership victories. Lock forward for the Brisbane Broncos, Terry Madison. Very good player, very solid, still up there. in the. I think he's in the Broncos system still. He might be one of the guys on the way out. I'm not exactly sure. But obviously, this is another cracking position where the role of Lock back then was very, very different to the role that we play now. So it sort of elevates Isaiah Yeo and Victor Radley a little bit higher for me. Um, if you would have said to me two years ago, it would have been Victor Radley without a doubt. Like, there's just no even questioning it. But I think Isaiah Yo, he has just taken the position to a new level. And I think his consistency is where he really gets in front of Victor Radley. Who's more naturally talented? I think Radley is. I think Radley's got um, just a, a more natural ability and a natural sense of the game. But Isaiah Yo, his, his consistency and everything is fucking unbelievable. There are things that, that, I, that Victor Radley can do that Isaiah Yo can't. But everything that Isaiah Yo does, he does it 100% every single time, whereas Victor Radley over the last few years, I hate to say it, he has been a little bit hit and miss. When you're talking about the absolute best of the best here, I have to go with Isaiah Yo. He's my 13 in front of Victor Radley and the great Terry Madison. So there's our 1-13. to 13. Teddy, Tupu, Renolf, Latrell, Morris, Walters, Langer, Lazarus, Apicurusau, Fisher-Harris, Cordner, Gilmeister, and Isaiah Yo. We already know on our bench I've got either Langer or Cronk, whichever one you didn't pick to start with. I've got Langer in my starting team, so Cooper Cronk, he's in my 14. 15, my other front rower, Jay, uh, Jared Warrior Hargraves. I picked James Fisher Harris to start. I'm starting to wonder if maybe I've got that back to front. Uh, but I'm going to stick with it. JWH on the bench. Viliami Kikau is the other one I'm taking from this modern Panthers side. I think the last two years in the grand final, he has been fucking tremendous. He has just transformed that team. And I still think people are really underappreciating the influence he had. Last year was great, but this year, he just went to another level. He's ball playing. He's a sneaky little kicking game on that edge. To have the biggest body in the game, able to move the ball like he does and run the lines that he does unbelievably underrated. I think he's going to be a great get for Canterbury, and I think he's going to be a huge loss for Penrith. So kick out. Then I had one more spot on my bench, and I decided to go for a Brisbane Bronco. I think he's one of the more underrated guys. I know I've used that word a little bit, uh, but I, he played 100-odd first-grade games for the Brisbane Broncos. A tremendous, tremendous footballer. I've gone with Alan Can. He didn't play a heap of rep football. I think he only played for Queensland on a couple of occasions, but Alan Can, I absolutely loved him, and I always thought that during this 92-93 series, when, when, when you go back and watch those two final series, he was fantastic in both of them. So a lot of guys we could have picked there, and there's probably a couple of Panthers that are early on in their career that maybe as their career develops, they could jump in front of him. Um, Even like a Victor Radley, as his career develops, he'll probably jump in front of him as well. But as it stands right now, and I look at what all those players have achieved, I would probably go for Alan Can there on my bench, joining Cooper Cronk, James, uh, Jared Rhea Hargraves, and Vili Army Kikau. So my side, Teddy, Tupu, Renolf, Luttrell, Morris, Walters, Langer, Lazarus, Abby Curacao, Fisher-Harris, Cordner, Gilmeister, Isaiah Yo, The Bench, Cooper Cronk, uh, Rhea Hargraves, Alan Can, and Viliami 
kick out. That is my combined team from those three sides that went back-to-back premiers. An unbelievable achievement. It'll be very interesting to see if the Panthers can go three from three because then we get into that conversation comparing them to the great Parramatta side of the early 80s, which is just crazy to think that anyone has possibly caught up to that side, at least statistically. They might not be better than them. I'm not going to have that argument yet. It's a year away. A lot can happen in 10 minutes of rugby league. A year is a fucking eternity. So we'll see how it plays out, but that would be my side. Let me know, guys, what changes would you make? I'm very interested to hear what you guys would do in the halfback jersey. I think there's a number of people that would be willing to put Nathan Cleary either in the 7 or maybe in the 14 already. I think it's a little bit premature. I also think there's a lot of people that would be willing to put Brian To'o in. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Willie Carnes, Blake Ferguson, Michael Hancocks, a lot of really, really talented player. Kerrod Walters as well. A lot of really gifted guys that have missed out on this side. So let me know. What changes would you make? Where have I done well? Where have I had a shocker? I want to know all your thoughts. Send it to me at Rugby League Guru on Instagram.